Welcome to Living Ardently. I'm your host, Adrian Garaldi, and uh, we're not in our normal recording space. There's a little bit of a changes that are going on. I might be moving soon, so uh, you might not see that recording space as much. But uh, today we have an amazing guest, and we're going to be talking some, some really good stuff and a lot that's been happening in our world, you know. Um, and we're going to be able to talk about this and, um, you know, get to know this, uh, this guest a lot more. It's going to be great. So let's get into it. So today's guest is a musician, a worship leader, he's a husband and a father. Uh, he's one third of Village Lights. Uh, make sure you go follow them if you're not following them already. You can follow him at Ikendolo and listen to his music on Apple, Spotify, everywhere. Uh, welcome my guest, Ike and Dolo. What's up? Hey man, how you doing? Good, how you doing? I'm doing good. We're uh, we're getting by, you know, rather. Yeah. I, mean, I, feel, that. I feel like we're we're all we're all kind of just getting by with with uh, yeah. the pandemic and you know this this social this social uh topic that we that we're kind of having to seemingly have to fight really hard for you know yeah yeah absolutely so absolutely yeah it's a lot happening yeah it is so how i mean just to just to get a little bit about you like how 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 has uh, been how how has been you know like you're a musician and you travel usually for the summer so how has that been like yeah. not having to travel much this summer yeah it's been um well um it's been a change of pace but uh, i mean honestly it's been good for me just um mm-hmm. to be able to just kind of slow down and chill i'm getting a chance to just be with my family you know and yeah. um uh you know i have an eight month old and um so it's it's been really nice to be able to just slow down and honestly i mean i it's hard, I think, for a lot of my musician friends, you know, like yeah. where um, nobody's really traveling. And um, I'm lucky that I work at a church. Yeah. And um, that's, you know, as of September. So um, most of, a lot, you know, a good portion of my income doesn't come only from traveling. Mm-hmm. But still, you know, a good chunk is, is gone. So, you know, it's been adjustments financially, adjustments mm-hmm. just with time. and um, But I will say, like, I, I'm enjoying the time home with my with my family and um it's been a real treat just to be able to you know slow down a little bit and just hang out with uh yeah. with my son and my wife and yeah so, i've been yeah. i've been enjoying your uh stories with remy the, those really uncomfortable filters that you use sometimes <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah those are always fun you get a good laugh in the yeah. day yeah yeah absolutely absolutely yeah we had you guys come yeah. down uh um in your first tour with the village lights and back in september yeah. oh no what's september mm-hmm. february uh, which February. seems ages ago now. Yeah. yeah, it seems like it was nine years ago. Yeah, yeah. So it yeah, it was crazy. it was really awesome. And I had just come back from the the March for Life and then had to organize this, mm-hmm. and it was just like a lot of moving parts. And it was you know, and then the and then we had like a a nightmare of a uh-huh. <laughs> setup there. Um, yeah, but you guys made it work, yeah, yeah, and yeah. the kids loved it. Yeah, yeah. No, it was good. It was a good time, and that was really kind of our first little run as village lights and Mm -hmm. um something that you know we're excited about and um definitely the future is gonna be um bright hopefully obviously things a lot of things are on hold Mm um a lot of the village lights kind of you know um you know uh mission is to be in community and worship together in community and that's really hard yeah right now um so um but yeah we'll um you know we're making it 
um, you know, making it through. I think everyone's just doing the best that they can. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And it's really cool to, uh, to see how you guys are were working with it. Like all the musicians have been going on to social media and, you know, making these IGTVs, you and, and, and Sarah went, live mm-hmm. uh the other night on yeah. wednesday right and mm-hmm. i watched yeah. that and it was awesome it was really good to to right. hear you guys sing again and uh yeah it was awesome yeah good good yeah we're it's hard you know like obviously um the concept of a village is is connection and mm-hmm. um you know it's so hard being connected obviously when you can't be in mm-hmm. physical contact and spaces and so yeah. just trying to figure out how we can do that digitally and i'm sure everyone's getting a lot of digital you know fatigue overload um, social media fatigue and so um you know we're hoping that it's a space that's honest and that's open you know within your own spaces and homes and Mm -hmm. um with you know with uh with it with the hope of being able to connect again Mm -hmm. in real life you know yeah um but yeah yeah. Yeah. I want. I have some more doing. questions about Village Lights later on, uh, but yeah, I wanted great. to get a little bit of a background um, for you, for those who may not know who you are. Um, for sure. for uh, for them for those people, um, you mind giving yourself a little faith background, a journey to, you know, where yeah. you started and how uh, you right. became to become a Catholic musician, uh, worship leader, and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm originally from um, Columbia, Missouri, and. Uh, okay. I, um, <clears throat> my parents are from, uh, Nigeria. So, um, mm-hmm. my mom was eight months pregnant with me when she moved mm-hmm. to, um, Missouri from wow. Nigeria. Yeah. So, um, and we grew up, you know, Catholic, I grew up Catholic. I got to have <clears throat> a younger brother and a younger sister. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we grew up going to church every single Sunday. You know, we did all the churchy things. You yeah. Know, uh, my mom made us go to youth group and um, classic the whole deal. Yeah. So that was um, that was kind of my whole um, faith journey has just been in the been in the church, you yeah. know, my whole life. And um, it kind of just becomes um, habit. I mean, at the time it become habit for me and it was just something that we did. But I don't think it was anything that I was necessarily super committed to. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, it wasn't really until I left, um, high school and after high school, I did something a little unorthodox. I I went, I moved from Missouri, um, to, um, Arizona, Tempe, Arizona Mm -hmm. to do this, um, missionary training program called Youth Arise North America. And, um, it, it's not around Mm -hmm. now, but, um, but back then it was, um, a seven month school of evangelization and mission. Wow. So, um, we lived in household, uh, in community with, um, there's 10 of us. There's kind of like this dorm type thing and, mm-hmm. um, common area. And there was like seven guys, um, you know, on one side and then three girls on the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then we had a married couple who were like, kind of like the heads of the household and oh, wow. program directors. And, um, yeah, it was great, man. We had weekly, like, um, papers do on some theological thing wow. we went to um went to notre dame to study theology and philosophy for a month mm-hmm. um we went to we went, wow. we had internships um i was interning as a youth minister mm-hmm. um, under a youth minister in, in phoenix wow. uh, we went on uh, mission trips to the virgin islands to mexico um 
so yeah it was um it was a pretty intense program yeah it was amazing that's crazy and uh my uh my faith which had been definitely more my parents faith my mom's faith um became mine and Mm -hmm. um you know i well you know had um kind of like this awakening to my to my faith and Mm -hmm. what it meant to me you know yeah um so that was pretty impactful and then i um i moved um back home for a little bit went to school in illinois for a semester and then i moved back to arizona and um started doing ministry pretty much right away was working in ministry as a youth minister and um initially Mm -hmm. and then um kind of started in that time when i was um doing this program i had bought my first guitar um you know um just because i wanted a guitar and i took it to arizona is it the one in the back there no no it's long 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 gone gone. i have no idea where it is but um but um yeah i uh i tried to um well, I tried to learn how to play before um, this program, and then I moved, and mm-hmm. ev- all of my, um, all the, um, my former, or former, my uh, roommates and whatnot, and um, people who were in the program, a lot of them played guitar, so I started learning how to play mm, guitar. Okay. So I was 18 at the time, and so um, by the time I was doing ministry, started doing ministry, youth ministry, music was obviously, was a part of that. I was starting to lead worship oh. here and there, and um and then yeah, I um kind of one thing led to another, one thing led to another and um I started working as a youth minister at this um church called St. Timothy's Catholic Church in mm-hmm. Mesa, Arizona. Oh wow. And um it was uh it was where um Life Teen was was kind of born out of and oh. so it was um it was there that I um became really good friends with Tom Booth and mm-hmm. uh Matt Marr. And, uh, yeah, I, um, slowly they started kind of pulling me into the music side of things more, um, you know, which was like completely a God thing, you know, like I was just trying to do ministry and be faithful. And, um, it was, uh, it was God that was like kind of leading me to where, you know, he wanted me. So, uh, Yeah. yeah, that, that was, um, you know, cool thing. I remember one time I was. I think I was doing like a conference or something, Life Team conference. It was a small conference yeah. um, at St. Tim's. And Tom Booth had asked me to do mass with him, lead worship with him at mass for one of the days. And I was there and we were doing, um, you know, doing the mass. And then in the middle of, or during the sign of peace, you know, he takes my hand. He's like, I, I don't know why God brought you to St. Tim's, but it wasn't to do youth ministry. He's like, it's, it was this. You know? <laughs> and I was like, you know, in the, <laughs> Parish that had like three stellar music directors, mm-hmm. you know, wow. um, Tim Smith, Tom Booth, and Matt Marr. I'm like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm needed, but you know, God, you know, kind of made a way. And that wasn't even that was like one of the hardest ministry job things I've ever had, you know, mm-hmm. like in the midst of that, we had a lot of our pastor was was let go, later excommunicated. Like, oh, it wow. was, um, you know, not it was, um, it was a hard thing you know so mm-hmm. um but you know in the midst of that you know god kind of showed put me on a path you know yeah um so yeah that's beautiful yeah mm-hmm. i don't know any of that, but um that's awesome i mean god yeah. definitely you know like god works like that in a lot of people's lives and some people he works even more silently and uh, yeah absolutely and that's a absolutely. blessing you know um yeah 
I, I, when I first met you, when I first saw you, it was at my first Steubenville back in 2012 in Florida. Okay, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Right. Eighth Day was a, was a theme. Yeah, yeah, Eighth Day, that's right. And man, I, I just remember walking in and like there was freaking everything, like the pool noodles, the, mm-hmm. the, the beach balls. And then, and then I heard the, then I heard the band and you guys were singing the theme. Like that was the last year they had like a theme song for the yeah. conference. And that theme yeah, song, the, yeah. oh, that was like, oh my gosh, what, what was going on here? Uh-huh. And I was like, for the first time, and it was, it was during Adoration when you guys were singing All the Poor and Powerless, where I, mm. I officially like realized like, I am like this, I am, I am missing a lot in my life. Mm. Uh, with, yeah. with, the, with the combination of Chris, Chris talk, uh, the men's yeah. talk and all the things uh, that I just didn't think I was doing that bad in um, right. made me realize, you know, in that, in that time, that song, that's my conversion song is what I used to say is all the poor and powerless um, hmm. and all the lost and lonely. Um, yeah. I remember that's where I broke down in, in tears and realized like, wow, God is actually, that is actually God. Either that's hmm. actually God or everybody here is lunatics. Yeah. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, all right, that's definitely something um, I gotta, I gotta make a decision for myself and, yeah, and yeah. Um, that's when that happened. So, I um, mm. that song that when you guys you know when you guys were leading it. So like you guys lead um, worship so well, and it was such a mm. blessing. And I remember that was like you know always. I mean, music is always like a, I feel like a, a communication from uh, a soul to another soul is what somebody once said to me. Yeah. Um, yeah and you yeah. really get to understand somebody's hurt, somebody's pain uh, through music. Yes. And so I think that's what uh, drew me close to your music. Um, uh, you are very open um, with your heart in your songs, um, mm. from Crook Soul to Your Table to to all the songs that you've written. It's very open. You see your heart in in the lyrics. You know. Um, mm, thank you. And you know, for me, even though even I mean, like even our Protestant brothers and sisters, you know, that's their souls on the on a, like even they're, they're using scripture sometimes, like they're their souls are on those, on those things. And maybe sometimes their, mm-hmm. their theology and the songs aren't always correct with, you know, like in line with the Catholic, but still it's such a beautiful form of communication. Um, and yeah. so, um, first of all, I just said thank you to you and the musicians out there that are doing that. For sure. Um, yeah. Cause it's a blessing that I wish I had that I had yeah. to, I was able to give with, but obviously that's not, what I was called to do, you know, and yeah. those who are sharing those gifts and, and, and gifted with that is an amazing thing. Um, yeah. Amen. Yeah. And, and, and just to go on too, like we, and then the few years more you would, you would came back uh, to the move of Florida. And then there was like one year where you didn't. And everybody, I remember like, <laughs> uh, it was Matt. Uh, I don't know. You were there when Matt was there, but you know, there was just like a bunch of people like we want Ike. And then I came back and you came back and it was awesome. It was mm. going crazy. Um, yeah. And that was the year where I was doing, I got hired to do the social media for the conference. I had oh, graduated okay, and I was there to kind of do the behind the scenes. They wanted to get more people on the Snapchat and Instagram. Oh, and so right. I was there taking pictures and videos. I don't know if I like, I was that's in your faces, right. like the speaker's faces, like these yeah. people are going to be annoyed by me. So like, here comes this no, kid again. I like, remember. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like, that's uh, so and funny. like and early in the morning, I remember I came up, it's like, all right, some, it's like, all right, get some, the directors, like you get some of the, the, the speakers to kind of get them ready for the, for the talks and the yeah. they're like, yeah. okay. I'm like, but it's like super early in the morning. I don't want to bother, <laughs> you know? Sure. 
<laughs> and I remember just coming. I was like, That's "Hey, Ike, you want to come say something to, <laughs> to wake people up?" And you clearly were just, you know, obviously we're still tired, right? And he's like, "Oh, yep, get ready. We're getting excited." And it was something really funny. And I still have it on my phone or something like that. So. Oh, that's funny. Um, that's funny. And then fast forward, I was like, "Ave, you guys came to Ave." Then I was hired. To, uh, was oh, told yeah. to be, uh, was uh, said to be your liaison for the university. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, oh, that's right. The first time, the second time, I wasn't there, and I heard mm. that it went it went haywire over at Ave, where it's like it was outside, then it went inside, then it was outside again, then they finally did it inside. Um, I don't even remember. But, yeah, but <laughs> I'm sure it was okay. <laughs> and, but our most recent one is with when you guys came down to to uh, to Lakeland, um, and that right. was awesome. Um, yeah. And so again, like I I want I always enjoy when um i get to introduce uh you sarah and and you know all the other catholic musicians to new people yeah. because of you guys is like heart like for example mm. sarah's beloved i was like sharing that out of nowhere because we were yeah. just re- reading the book uh the life of the beloved by henry nowen mm. and mm-hmm. that book was amazing right yeah yeah um and it just that song spoke it um clearly yeah and i cried yeah and i was like man oh that's awesome so um you know with your music too like um i know on the way up here i was listening to some of the uh, some of the songs just kind of reminiscing on the, the music that and it's always like i said earlier it's clear that your music always shares your heart right and mm. so like yeah uh for you when you're writing your music um and even now like when you're sharing this inf- like this this your uh, sharing these stories about, you know, why black lives, in fact, do matter, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. unapologetic, and I can see mm. that in your in your music, too. And so it's nothing mm. new, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it's just beautiful, even all the way back to to some of your first albums, your first songs mm. that you released, it's, it's even in there. Yeah, um, yeah. And so can you speak yeah. on that a little bit and as to what, what made you... Um, you know, desire to just really, you know, the music process and writing and what you just made you feel like you need to share your heart in such a vulnerable way. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, um, um, as someone who, uh, leads worship a a lot, um, but I'm not necessarily the best writer of worship music. Um, and, and, um, I think because I'm always trying to be as authentic as I can to where I'm at, you know, mm-hmm. and um, where I'm at, I think a lot of times I'm constantly looking one inside myself, um, trying to, I don't know, um, express um, or share what's in my heart mm-hmm. and the struggles and the pain. And, um, and then on top of that, um, seeing the world around me you know yeah and um and trying to um communicate what is happening around me as it filters through my heart i guess you could say Mm -hmm. um and it's really it's really the only way i know how to write music i don't Mm -hmm. i don't know if i know another way yeah um to um to write a song and uh, if if I do write a song like that, um, it's flat, you know, yeah. like it doesn't really, 
go anywhere, you know, or it's buried somewhere. If I just hop on and try to write, it's like, oh, I need this song, you know, and I, I think I did that before this last record. Mm-hmm. I tried to do that. You know, one is going to like, I just need to make a worship record. You know, like I need another land of the rising sun. I need another, you mm-hmm. know, whatever that I can sing it like, you know, um, conferences and whatnot. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, I was just heading down that road and then I just kind of stopped, you know, I was like, I just can't, that's just not where I'm at, you know? Yeah. And, um, and so I rerouted and, um, and then I, I started writing for shine my, my my newest record mm-hmm. and um one it was a lot of the music that i was listening to at the time mm-hmm. i i um you know which which i which i wanted to exp- you know which i loved and wanted to dive into um it's about it was it's about um you know I, in the past i've always written songs about my depravity mm-hmm. um i've always written about how i suck i'm a sinner da 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 mm-hmm. and I think this is not terrible posture, but also it can be a little damaging to the soul. If you're constantly in this, um, you know, state of, um, um, I don't know how to say it. Mourning. It's almost like self. Yeah. Mourning or even just like this, like really intense self deprecating thing where yeah. you're like, uh, you know, like I just was super in that. And, um, mm-hmm. shine was, um, was a record that I wanted to make, um, to well, really just that just the title which is very simple mm-hmm. um but to acknowledge the goodness in me yeah. you know to acknowledge the fact that um i am loved in all of my faults and failures and that i'm not it's not just about being loved but i um that i have light you know inside of me and that you know yeah. and um and that you know and to let it shine through, you yeah. know, if, you know, for lack of a better word. And so, mm-hmm. um, so I just decided to lay it kind of all out there as much as I could and, you know, um, song form and, you know, poetry form mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like songs like your table are very direct. I share about my experiences being, you know, um, a black kid growing up in very white, um, suburban spaces. Yeah. And, um, you know, um, I, you know, it sounds like, uh, you know, when I share that, I think people, um, especially white people don't even really think about it. They're like, oh, I guess I never really thought about it. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. You know, when I walked into a church, I saw white everywhere, white in the pews, Mm -hmm. white on the cross, white on the walls, you know, Mm -hmm. um, white saints and, um, white clergy and, yeah. I, you know, like, um, you know, I, th- I think there's this kind of common thing where he's like, well, we shouldn't see color. I'm like, I mean, that's, that's weird. Yeah. Um, because, uh, you should see me, you know, like you saying that you don't see color says that you don't see me. You don't see, um, my blackness, mm-hmm. which I love, mm-hmm. which took a lot of time to love, mm. you know, um, you know, you don't see me in my God-given glory, you know? Yeah. Um, and I've been trying to lean into that a little bit more, that I'm not depraved. I'm not some, you know, like a uh, worm, but I'm, but I'm loved mm-hmm. and trusted and, um, 
uh, and noble, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think when you are a black person, Christian, going to white churches, whether it be Catholic, Lutheran, non-denominational, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, you and you don't really see yourself represented. It's almost as if you are a visitor um, to your faith. You, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're just a visit and, um, and growing up as a black person in this country, um, my parents probably didn't experience that cause they saw black in the pews. They saw yeah. black in the clergy. Um, I'm not sure if they saw black saints, but, um, but, um, but whatever it was, it was a little bit more represented for them coming from Nigeria, you know, for, for myself as a, as a, as a kid growing up, um, you know, it's everywhere, not just in the churches, but in the media, um, in the educational system. You know, like mm-hmm. I didn't really have that many black teachers. Uh, I don't yeah. think I had any of my element through elementary school, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, clear till junior high, you know. And so um, I all of these things and I'll say this also, I'm not really the best immediate processor. Um as in, I don't, I can't experience something and then write a song about it right away. You mm-hmm. know, um, you know, my dad died, and um, it didn't. It took me three years to write anything that um, processed how how I was feeling about it. Yeah, you know? um, I think I was processing the feelings, but as far as like making it concise to put into song form, it feels trite when you're trying to do it right away. Yeah. So even about this present moment, as we are the country is in turmoil um um obviously with covid but um also with the social unrest and the civil unrest Mm -hmm. with the murder of george george floyd and Mm -hmm. brianna taylor Mm. brianna taylor brianna taylor i need to say her name three times yes um with ahmaud arbery with eric garner with mike brown um you know with sandra bland you know all these names these um in, uh, unfortunately, these sad hashtags, you know, like I yeah. don't know, I, you know, and on Shine, there was definitely some songs, um, a couple of songs that kind of processed, you know, like I had already processed, but like this present moment where I'm seeing unprecedented attention to um, the idea that black lives matter, um, to the idea of dismantling white supremacy and systemic racism, mm-hmm. um, I, um, I am not really able to write a song about it right now. I've tried. <laughs> I sat down a couple times, but um, yeah. nothing comes out that's real. So I'm finding myself just um, speaking about it. Yeah. Um, and um, whether that's personally um, or out here, you know, in the digital world. Um, yeah. And then maybe a song will come. But I, I do think that... Um, I do think that God has me where he wants me. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm sure I will write a song, a whole concept record about this whole thing yeah. one day, but it is not this day. <laughs> I think we've got work to do. You know? Yeah. If you ever wanted to start a podcast, today is the day. Go to anchor.fm to get started. It's a, They have a free app on the app store and it has all the creation tools you need that allows you to record, edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. This app and your cell phone is literally the only thing you need to start a podcast. Use a microphone on your phone, record a voice memo, upload it to Anchor, and that's it. Anchor will distribute your podcast 
for you so you can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Uh, you can make money on for your podcast with no minimum listenership. And like I said, everything you need to make a podcast is in one place on the Anchor app. So go to anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your app store. Again, anchor.fm to get started or download the free Anchor app in your store. And we hope that you join the podcast world. Let's go. And I think you're doing a lot of good work and sharing the, the important things on your. Uh, you've been sharing on your social media, and I think it's uh, mm-hmm. it's been beneficial mm-hmm. for myself. Like seeing some things I've seen already, and then there's things that you shared that I haven't seen yet. And um, yeah. you know, uh, somebody once you know, told me, you know, it's my what my, my priest had once told me is like it, you need to see both sides. You know, you need to look at mm-hmm. the farthest far. Um, to one side and far this far the other side and and try to figure out where you know where you know like as catholics you know we're a both and church right and so we have to Mm. be able to see and and try to get people to meet here and find the directive change right um right and a lot of the times people are just polarizing and polarizing and polarizing um Mm. but i love how you know and you've even noticed i've noticed like people have slowly taken the foot off the gas and just put back on cruise Mm -hmm. control um, already, yeah. and um, you know it's not it's not done. You know there's not much that has changed yet, and yeah, we need to continue. Yeah, I, th- I mean, Brianna Taylor's like people; they haven't been arrested yet, right? And, and that's why arrested. we need to say yeah. her name a bit more. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think what's happening right now is you're seeing um, facade changes. Um, you're seeing, you know, like uh, you're seeing companies when you. Um, when you go to order, I don't know, toilet paper or whatever, you know, and you'll see a little tag, you know, we are working towards, you know, making sure that racism, da, 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 you know, all, all these big companies, Walmart, you know, Target. <laughs> yeah. And the crazy thing is, is that they are participators in what, in what we call systemic racism. Yeah. You know, Walmart employs um, prison labor. Which is, you know, because um, when we start yeah. talking about dismantling racism, you know, like, like I, I can experience, I've experienced racism, right? Mm-hmm. Like I've, you know, I've been called the N-word several times in my life. I've experienced it. But at some point, I have to stop using, using my personal experiences of racism because then it just allows someone to say, oh, I'm sorry about that and move on. Yeah. So what and what we're talking about is I I can tell you my experiences, but yeah. and which is which is which is um which is honestly it can be draining because the response uh is you almost sometimes don't even want a res- a response because mm-hmm. um I'm not really telling you my pain in order for you to say oh I'm sorry and move on mm-hmm. um at the same time my story can be countered right by another black person you know i could say that i've experienced racism and then another black person can say well that he's lying we are seeing this a lot he's like or not that they're lying but i've never experienced that and so what happens yeah. right so you have one person who's maybe trying to listen or not trying to listen yeah they're they're frustrated because everyone keeps saying black lives matter and they're you know talking about racism and they're getting uncomfortable and they're getting you know fragile and fragile and fragile and then all of a sudden black person says guys 
it's okay. There is no racism. There is no systemic racism. And then what they do is they take that voice and like finally take this voice. See, it doesn't exist. Yeah. And so for the first week or so, you didn't see a lot of these posts because the people had their foot on the gas. They were going for it. And then slowly and surely you have all these voices which is it's you know it's i'm not discounting so, you know another black person's experience if they didn't experience racism that's fine mm-hmm. at the same time the number that two to, i'm two times as likely to be shot by a police officer than my white friends is not up for debate yeah that's real mm-hmm. you know um that black men are heavily incarcerated even though we commit just as much crime as white people like yeah. that's not up for debate mm-hmm. um you know, a black child is 10 times more likely to be suspended from school, expelled from school than um, his or her white um, classmates. That's not up for debate. This is what we're talking about. So mm-hmm. at one at some point, and I haven't, you know, there's experiences that I could share and people could go, oh, or we can talk about the real issues. And what we're talking about right now, obviously, in this moment is um, we have a problem with policing mm-hmm. in our country, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a problem with policing. Um, good co- good officers can't even feel like they can't speak up because they'll get fired. The ones that do, they feel like they they're ostracized by their by their um, coworkers, yeah. or they lose their work. Um, right. Uh, we you know we have um, the militarization of police departments. They're, they're driving out in unreal body armor, assault rifles, tanks. You're like, what the heck? They're using tear gas. Um, <laughs> You know, like it's uh, we have a problem with policing. And on top of that, um, it's it the aggression and excessive force is disproportionately applied to black and brown people. Mm -hmm. So this is not necessarily something I'm sharing with you. I'm still alive and breathing. Have I been pulled over several times? Yes. Mm -hmm. I told a friend of mine, I've never been pulled over and not gotten a ticket. He was shocked, shocked. He was like, what? And he said that he's been pulled over. So white dude. And has never been ticketed. He's always gotten a warning. Crazy. Wow. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been pulled over for my tent. You know, like, or you travel, you're following this person too close. You know, um, and so, you know, wow. I could share those experiences with you. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, like at the same time, it's like, but it's not about that. Let me tell you, it is about that. It's part of the the greater tapestry, right? Let me tell you about problem with policing and why this is happening and so this is a lot of times where we're starting obviously we're starting here we i didn't watch this video not all the way through the first time i saw it i thought it was someone using excessive force but you know a black person that lived i didn't know that george floyd initially you know died initially until i saw i read this story Mm -hmm. and i didn't go back and watch it i didn't go back and watch him die you know Mm -hmm. I, i couldn't do it but um so we have this video that's just horrific. It's mm-hmm. brutal. Um, it's inhumane. It's evil. Mm-hmm. And um, people are calling for reform. They're calling for uh, defunding the police, which is a reallocation of funds. Here in my own city, $95 million were, were, was, um, is what the city of Tempe was trying to allocate to the to the police. And so, you know, we're trying to say, no, you, we don't need that much money allocated elsewhere. Mm-hmm. We need to, we need to, we need to, you know, um, because I think the, pro- the issue is, and this is a huge, huge, um, it's, it's bigger than just my personal, um, instances of racism. It's yeah. bigger than just my own times. The times I've been called the N word, it's bigger than that. Yeah. Um, and we're talking about trying to fight for, for, 
an equal society and an equitable society mm-hmm. um, where justice is is um, is served. And a lot of people right now, I think people on one side are just like, peace, peace. Can we, you know, <laughs> can we just be peaceful? And it's like, listen, <laughs> the, the reality is, is uh, if you want peace, real peace, mm-hmm. Then you have to work for justice. Yeah. The other piece is not real peace. That's what Dr. Martin Luther King calls a negative peace, an mm-hmm. absence of tension. What we need is tension. What we need is for mm-hmm. us to keep our foot on the gas. What we need is to make people mm-hmm. uncomfortable and angry, um, and and to agitate in mm-hmm. order for there to be ever be peace. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, otherwise, we're um, it's just false. Mm-hmm. It's a false sense of peace. Everyone just be nice. Mm-hmm. hug a cop it'll be all okay and it's like that's not going to fix this mm-hmm. and so right now we're seeing a lot of facade things mm-hmm. um statues are coming down either it. either by force or um cities are doing it confederate flags are coming down nascar mississippi which is huge it's a big deal mm-hmm. the mississippi flag the state flag had the confederate stars you know stars and bars mm-hmm. forever wow. forever you know, and they just took it down. You know how big that is for the black people in Mississippi. That's you know? awesome. Um, but this is these are facade things because mm-hmm. that doesn't. That's a start. A start. Mm-hmm. And my fear is is that we're gonna just stay there. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna mm-hmm. stay there. Mm-hmm. Look, the Redskins changed their name. Look, uh, these statues came down. Um, look, uh, Walmart says that they care. Who cares if they're not showing us that they care by? Um, not profiting off of black bodies from prison labor. Mm-hmm. That, that, that I just you know, learned like, about that recently. That blew my mind. I mean, not just right. them, but like that prison labor was such a big thing. Abs, it's huge. AT&T, Sprint, mm-hmm. Verizon. I mean, and this is where it starts to get dangerous. You know, everyone wants to use Dr. Martin Luther King, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever you get, um, whenever you get a, a white person or a, someone who who um, even a blackbird doesn't matter. Someone who's like, listen, this is all blown out of proportion. Um, you're not doing it right. Look, Dr. King. Well, first of all, Dr. King got shot, so <laughs> he was killed. Um, so clearly something was wrong there. But, uh, you know, at the time of his death, he was the most hated man in America. And mm-hmm. he, you know, the Civil Rights Bill was a huge, huge accomplishment. Mm-hmm. But what Dr. King, before he died, was working on he had been working on equality, the idea of equality, that black people, white people, brown people are equal to one another. Okay. Yeah. But he was starting to work on on equity, mm-hmm. where essentially reparations, where the poor, what black people have been shut out from opportunity and growth um, for generations. Because after, after, um, uh, after the Emancipation Proclamation, after slaves were officially f- freed everywhere on Juneteenth, right? Yeah, Juneteenth. Enslaved people. Um, uh, um, there was a short, short period of progress. And then quickly the black codes were installed where, especially in the South, um, black people were denied access. And on top of that, in the 13th Amendment the amend- um, that freed um, enslaved people, there is a clause Mm-hmm. Where it says all enslaved people are free except for the um, uh, incarceration, you know, like for for those who have oh, yeah. been duly convicted yeah, the, of a the, crime, the, right? The third, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so what happened is you see black people getting arrested in droves for any tiny minor offense. Yeah, and so you have these same people who are who have left slavery only to be put back into slavery because mm-hmm. of kids um, too. Be, 
be kids too because of uh, because of um uh you know massive incarceration you know mm-hmm. we have a policing problem with a massive incarceration problem here in the states and so and then what so what happened was and you can follow that you can follow that with money right we this is the south the south um and her economy was built on slavery Mm -hmm. and the loss of that workforce was devastating and so what happened was you see a black person loitering you're going to jail and now i can legally put you back on the same farm so you can make money for our economy. Mm-hmm. This is not stopped. This isn't something that's stopped. And this is the fas- the facade things. It's like, fine, take down your flag, your statue. But if you're not going to give equity and reform what happened here and make reparations mm-hmm. for what happened here with the black codes and then Jim Crow and then segregation and redlining, all these things, like if you're not going to repair that, then what you're doing is just window dressing. You know, like you're not even doing a good job of flipping your house because you haven't even fixed what's on, on the inside. You've just made, you just added a nice door and nice shutters. Yeah. And it's like, okay, we're good here. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what's, where it's going to happen is people are like really excited about for these things, but we need police reform. We need that yesterday. You know, we need mm-hmm. that. Not just arresting uh, the officers who commit these crimes, but making it impossible for them, for other officers to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Accountability. Yeah. You know, that's what we need. Um, we need, uh, they need, we need the, to, the thing that kills me the most is that it takes longer to become a, 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 a barber than it does to take yeah. a cop. Like that, like, dude. Absolutely. Kills me. And so like, it's even crazy. that little thing there, I mean, it's not little, that's huge really, but it's just huge. like, it's huge. You can some places, some countries, it takes years, yeah. years, yeah. you know, to become a police officer. And um, I, uh, you know, I have, um, I understand um, the idea of policing, but here, especially in this country, um, one, we don't have a uniform hiring and training system right with you know with all you know um precincts um mm-hmm. w- within the country you know yeah. so one place might be actually fairly decent you know um you know um and then one place would be will be terrible and what happens is a lot of times these cops who maybe have a lot of complaints or have done this that or the other thing can just go to another police department and get hired again they just get past past they just go wherever they want um this is dangerous stuff and i mean don't even get me started on the history of policing you know in our country and and really it's just a continuation of um slave catchers becoming cops but you know that's a whole nother (laughs) it's all it's all kind of in the it's all in the same um the amalgamation of, uh, of what we talked, the big thing, which we talk about is, you know, uh, systemic racism. Mm-hmm. It's in our systems and it's in the very bones of our thing. And, and um, I read this somewhere and I, I, I hate to steal this. I didn't I didn't come up with this, but um, a system can be racist without race. A system can be racist without racists. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So like our system can run mm-hmm. because it was set up this way mm-hmm. and it doesn't even have to have racist running it mm-hmm. it just is 
racist right. in its system. Does that make sense? Yeah, there's this, um, there's this quote from uh, a similar thing. Uh, it was really good. I have to find it. But it's uh, it was alluding to what you were saying. I don't know if it's you're talking about the same article that I'm, I'm referring to. Uh, I want to mm. refer to you real quick, but uh, let me pull it up. An allegation of systemic racism requires us to make no claim whatsoever about the formal motives or beliefs of the individual judges or police officers. It is sufficient to merely identify policies and structures that inherently tend to cause or reinforce unjust racial disparities. Right. You know, Absolutely. You know, and he goes on Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Really it's great. Right. And, and, and it doesn't need, um, you know, for instance, you know, there was four police officers, right, who were um, responsible um, as a part of George Floyd's death. Mm-hmm. Um, those four police officers might have been thinking very differently. Obviously, um, the, the, the man who murdered George Floyd, um, uh, you know, was thinking maybe differently than the person who's holding him or the person who's what who knows who yeah. knows but the reality is is um because of that system if one of them one even if one of them had an inkling to say hey this is wrong uh how the system is built penalizes that that person i i, I don't know i don't know if that's the case I, who knows i think that but mm-hmm. i'm saying the, the system is not in favor does that make sense? Yeah. Um, um, of of, for instance, even a, a a cop going against what those other three cops are like. Hey, we got to stop this. You know, mm-hmm. um, it's all it would take. You know, I, I've seen a couple of people like, well, what about the people standing around and video t- and, and and taking a video of it? And I was like, God, <laughs> like, you know, the the girl who took a video was a was a was I think it was a seventeen year old black woman. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you want her to do against four men with guns? You know, like there's always there's like yeah. false bravado. I was like, I would have stopped him. I was like, would you? Like, in order to, and you would have been shot. Yeah, I mean, the one well? that was pushing like, them off was threatening to. Right, right. So like I, um, you know, in today's age, it's it's um, it's hard. You know, like I don't really promote um. I don't like to promote videos of black men and women being killed um, mm-hmm. by the, at the hands of police officers. <clears throat> I just, um, I would hate for my, I would hate for my demeaning death to be displayed forever, you know, for my son to grow up and watch, you know, that mm-hmm. that's a, a real terrible, yeah. terrible thing. So I, I don't, uh, mm-hmm. At the same time, these um, these videos that are being captured are helping in a sense that people are seeing the brutality, but they're not helping because nothing has changed. Nothing is changing. Um, and so finally, I feel like in our society in this in, uh, you know, in this moment, it feels like people are starting to pay more attention. But like you said. Um, and here's the thing. This is this is from Ibrahim X. Kendi. Um, when he talks about our feelings, you know, yeah. like right now, there's a lot of feeling and emotion. You know, like I feel bad about racism. Mm-hmm. So you do all the things, you know, to assuade that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, and um, 
And then what happens is once you march enough, once you give enough to ease your feelings, then you can just go back to your regularly yep. scheduled program. Yeah. Meanwhile, the work is not done. That's that's dangerous. So, so dangerous um, because this is this moment is not about feeling good, mm-hmm. you know. Um, you know, I have a friend, you know, a white friend who is like, man, I'm all in because I'm losing friends. I'm losing family, but I can't, I can't just be quiet anymore. I can't be silent. Like I, I, I just, I have to keep going, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm all in, you know, and, and I, and I, I did say this, you know, I think I typed this out and I'm, it's hard for me. One, I'm not really, you know, I play music, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm a musician. Um, I lead worship, I sing songs and, uh, Mm -hmm. It's hard for me to speak, you know, like speaking in front of people, even like getting on my Instagram and doing the talking head thing and speak. I hate that. I hate (laughs) it. Um, But I am realizing, too, I just got a message today. Someone, you know, I don't think this was a person of 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 good intent, Mm -hmm. but he messaged me. He's like, are all white people race? uh, Are are there any white people that aren't racist? And I'm like, okay. Uh, And he, you know, he goes on to say, I'm not trying to lead. I'm just trying to, you know, I just want to know. I'm like, okay, well. There's a lot of other people who are getting it, so I'm not sure why you're confused. Yeah. And he, I think he was alluding to the fact that I do repost a lot of things. Yeah. Of course I do, because there's a lot of there's a lot of smart women and men, especially women, especially black women, mm-hmm. who know way more and are way more articulate. And so I'm going to repost because I'm like, yes, this is what I want to say, but I'm not smart enough. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. Yeah. Listen to this black woman. You know. Um, uh, but I, and I also realized too that I need to. Um, as well, have people hear the words coming come out of my mouth. Yep. Black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Period. That's okay. it. Black lives matter. Right. Full stop. Um, and 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 uh, we need to sub- we need to dismantle white supremacy. We need to dismantle um, systemic racism. Example of white supremacy. Um, mm-hmm. Subtle. You don't even know it's there, but uh, we were at church, and uh, this priest was talking about the resurrection and talking about our glorified bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, it was a Vietnamese priest, and he's uh, and he was just making he made a joke. He's like, "I just you know hope my my glorified body will be beautiful, it'll be tall, white skin, blonde hair, blue eyes," oh. and everyone's laughing. Everyone's laughing, right? Um, wow. And uh, we leave mass, you know, and um, my wife, who's white, didn't even notice. And she and I was like, did you notice he said that? She's like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, imagine how destructive that is to a little brown. Yeah. Black <sighs> kid. Wow. Who hears that, that the idea of perfection, the idea of beauty is white, blonde hair, blue eyes. You know how destructive that is? That's yeah, that's that's trauma that's real trauma and you either learn you either learn real fast to hate yourself to wonder why you were given this black and brown skin this kinky hair you wonder that or you leave right you leave and that was where i was before you know um i had my conversion i was really thinking about why do i stay catholic you know i was embarrassed to be catholic when I was in high school, I was embarrassed, you know, like I remember one time I was, you know, my, our church was, you know, in the downtown area and, um, I was, um, waiting 
I was driving at the time and I was waiting for my sister um, to get out of Sunday school. Okay. So I'm outside the Sunday school building. It's right next to our church. And I look down the street and I see this dude walking. I'm like, oh, no. And it was one of my friends from school. His name is Scotty. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, Scotty comes walking up and uh, I'm just standing out there. He, it was too late. He already saw me. You know? Yeah. And he sees me and he, and he gets up to me. He's like, he's like, what up? I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on? And he's like, what are you, uh, what are you doing here? I'm like, um, this is my church and I'm waiting for my sister. To get out of Sunday school, he's like, and literally he just shakes his head and keeps walking. He's like, "All right, I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you tomorrow." Interesting. <laughs> wow. And we're sitting at the table. We're sitting at our lunch table, right? I'm nervous, man. I'm, I almost skipped lunch. This is how I mean. I was nervous. I was ashamed. Mm-hmm. I was nervous, right? And um, we're sitting there, and Scotty keeps looking at me like soft little grin. And I'm like, "Oh God, oh God, oh God." Oh, no. And then he, uh, and then all of a sudden he's like. I saw Ike yesterday. He was at a white church. And um, I remember just being like, here it is. And and I thought uh, my friends, who were all black, you know, sitting at this table, we all play football together and um, whatever. And I thought they were just going to go in on me. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the dudes, Josh, who's kind of like, you know, he's like the, 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 the main voice in our group. Yeah. He was like. He was like, "Shut up, Scotty! Just because you don't go to church doesn't, you know, doesn't mean you should make fun of Ike, you know." And I was, I mean, I was shocked because I thought they were ready to go in on me, wow. you know. That's and awesome. um, you know, like I was really grateful to Josh at that at that time. But I remember thinking, you know, later on as I reflect, right? I'm talking about years and years later because mm-hmm. I don't process things really well in the moment, <laughs> especially as an 18 year old kid. But I was like, I mean, I was terrified, bro. I was terrified. Mm. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed of going in this white church, you know? Mm-hmm. And I was just always thinking, like, how come we couldn't just go to a black church? You know, like, yeah. all my, you know, my friends who go to church were black. They, it seems like they're having a good time at their church. You know, our church yeah. is boring, you know? And so um, I was ashamed of it. And I, cause, and a lot of it, um, I think I didn't feel like I belonged. And I'm, and my church wasn't bad, you know? Like, we grew up in a small town in, in Missouri. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't terrible. Like, you know, like I don't necessarily even remember a lot of overt racist things, you know, that, you know, that happened. My mom does, you know, like she, she tells a lot of stories about racism that she experienced in the church. Yeah. Um, but when you're a kid, you're not really noticing it that much there. You're just noticing the fact that you, you feel like you don't belong. Yeah. And I felt like literally even, even though we went to this church every Sunday, to the same mass, mm-hmm. sat in the same space. It was always we all. I always felt like we were on the outside. Always, yeah. always, always. Um, mm. And uh, this is this is a form of white supremacy. Going back to that Vietnamese priest, you know, like that's real damage that you do to a young black or brown person of color sitting in your even and even an older person like myself. It yeah. hit me, man. Like that hit me. Like it was like a punch. To my heart, and I thought, I mean, thank God my niece isn't here, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, thank God my nephew isn't here, I, you know, I, I was, you know, it was, it, it, like, it feels scary in a, in, in a sense, you know, and mm-hmm. um, that this man who isn't even white, this is how insidious white supremacy is. Yeah. It's, he's not white. 
he was Vietnamese. But the idea yeah. that whiteness is the is is um is the uh uh is the norm, right? Yeah, the epitome that that um, white features and, and white things are the um, what we should aspire to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that mentality is white supremacy. Yeah, it is white supremacy. And that is insidious. I don't know. That is how do we dismantle that? I know mm-hmm. that we could obviously do that within our homes. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, we you know, we, we're in a, we're a biracial family. You know, mm-hmm. my wife is white. I'm, I'm black. Yeah. You know, my son is is biracial, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, depending on how light or dark he gets when he's older. You know, we don't call President Obama our first biracial president. We call him our first what black Black president. president. Um, You know, and so, um, you know, like even in our home, starting with the things that we let our son watch, you know, to to make sure he knows like um, whiteness is not uh, is not the uh, standard. Yeah. That, you know, um, and that who you are is beautiful and you need to see that represented in what we put on the walls, what we let you watch, those kind of things. But then he'll go to school, then he'll go to church and he'll go to school and uh, he'll only study about black people once, one time a year in February. Yeah. Um, And it's mostly about enslaved people. Um, he'll go to church and he'll only learn about white Jesus, white Mary, white saints, you know, um, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is, that's white supremacy. It's even in the Philippines. If I just real quick, it's like, uh, they, in the Philippines, like it's an economic thing. Like if you're darker you're darker Come skinned, on. you're poor. Come on, speak if that word. If like Come on. all the people who are richer would get whitening soap to go paler. Come on. And like Come on. It's like you you're trying to yeah, it's just like those little things and I grew up thinking that and like even myself, Come even on. though even though the people I looked up to were all black. Like Come Will on. Smith growing up. Will Smith was Come like on. my favorite actor. Bas- Michael Jordan, right. based basketball player, Dwayne Wade. And then even like even when it came to the church, you became my favorite musician for a while. You know, like <laughs> it's just like it's like everybody I look up to were black, but then still in that back of my head, it's in there, you know? It's in me. Yes. It's in me. Right. It's in me. Uh, you know, I I remember you know, my um it's in it's in Nigeria too, you know, like you know, we had a skin bleacher, skin whitener. Oh, really? You know, like a like a like a cream that you would rub on. You know, you know, like uh, supposed to lighten your skin. You see this a lot in Latin American countries. You see this a lot where it's colorism is a big deal. That is white supremacy. Mm-hmm. That lighter, lighter is best, and that dark is not. Mm-hmm. Dark is not good, and that is dangerous, yeah. man. That is that is dangerous. Yeah dangerous yeah. stuff um and it's white supremacy has not just been uh perpetuated in our country but in our world mm-hmm. we see it globally we see it everywhere man it's everywhere mm-hmm. and so the idea that your dark skin is un- is that dark skin is not value that it's seen as lesser than that is white supremacy and that's something that will take so so long yeah. and the things that prevent that are things like white fragility where even saying 
white person feels like an indictment to white people and they can't handle it. And so, mm-hmm. you know, when we talk about, you know, when we say black lives matter, it's like all lives matter. It's like, <laughs> guys, if you can't say this simple phrase, mm-hmm. and I don't even want to get into organizations. I just think that's a red herring and it's just a major distraction, but whatever. Yeah. But if you can't just say the phrase with intent, mm-hmm. with real intent, all lives do not matter. That is the bottom line. Mm. They don't. Yeah. And we have a long, long, long way to go. Yeah. When we're talking about systemic racism, we have policies that need to be changed. We have laws that need to go away. Mm-hmm. Um, we have practices that need to go away. And it's all tied in with white supremacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because... Uh, if darker skin is penalized just for being darker skin, well, and if that's taught and ingrained, and then that person who it's taught and ingrained to say that they, they don't even, that they're, um, you know, like, uh, I'm not even saying that they're overtly racist, mm-hmm. but the idea of white supremacy that permeates through this whole world and that is believed everywhere, mm-hmm. right? Um, if that has crept in, and it has, to um, one, two, three police officers, um, one or two or three um, healthcare workers, doctors, yeah. black women are three times more likely to die on ch- die in childbirth yeah. in this country, in this country. There, my sister who has her doctorate in physical therapy, she's a DPT said that in her medical class, one of her medical classes, she was taught, she, the, t, the, t, the guest lecturer taught that black people don't feel pain as much as other people. Yes, this is a thing that wow. was taught. <laughs> wow. In her class. That's a thing. That is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've got so, that's why, that's why, you know, like, you know, when this person message me he was he was saying you know it's like well you've just been posting these things for weeks and weeks i'm like listen i i should have been posting it before before and i have been you know like you know i go to facebook and i post these things and then oh. it gets too much because you know i just can't it's hard to handle trolls you know and then you go yeah. to twitter and then that gets too much you know on instagram you know i'm just posting pictures of my babies and then the revolution happens i'm like well it's back to where i was before you know and i've been doing it for five <laughs> years but like we have so much work yeah. to do yeah. to dismantle this. So much. It's literally the air we breathe. Yeah. But what are you, well, you know, what are your um, so to kind of like help move people forward? What are some tips mm. that you can like you would offer people like where to start? I mean, like people have started right, but like at this part, like sure. how to keep going rather, you know? Sure. I think it's important to never stop listening. I think it's also important to 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 letting to being okay to being wrong to be wrong. Does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Like people are so afraid, and, and, and granted, I get it. You know, um, nobody wants to be canceled, right. right? You know, like cancel culture. You know, um, I, I don't know if I have you know, too strong of an opinion on it or not. Like I, you know, people are like, well, this person's canceled. Like, oh, okay. But are they racist? You know, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I don't know why you're trying to get me to care about this, that, you know, care about that. Like right. you know, your repercussions are repercussions. But at the same time, um, you know, for instance, Louis Giglio um, 
and Lecrae and another pastor, they did this kind of like round table thing. Oh, yeah. I just watched the one clip. Yeah. And, and, and Louie kind of um, uh, talked about, um, you know, he's like, people have a, lot, a hard time with white privilege, that word. Maybe we can change it to white, to white blessing. And, and, you know, people erupted. And rightly yeah, so. It was really that. dumb. It was dumb. Yeah. You know, like, and, and he got on. He did another video and he apologized. I didn't watch the whole video, but he he did sincerely apologize. Um, mm-hmm. f- you know for what he for what he said. You know, mm-hmm. I don't hear people talking about Louis that much anymore. You know, like you know, I, you know, I'm I've been off Twitter for a little bit. Then I got back on, and you know, Twitter is uh, you know it's it's a funny <laughs> piece. It can be place. hilarious. It can be hilarious, and it can be you know um, enraging and all the things. And it's you know to me, it's kind of a beautiful mess. But um, mm-hmm. You know, like, uh, you know, he fell, he kind of fell out of the news cycle. And I think why or out of the out of the things, because it's like, listen, man, apologize and move on. You were trying your best, but you hit you did not hit the mark. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to try, Mm -hmm. you know, like um, don't be afraid to try. You can affect change, especially white people being allies in your own spaces. Yeah. You know, um, places that people of color, black people are not necessarily privy to. Mm-hmm. You have a responsibility and um, to um, to speak up in those spaces to confront your uncle who's racist, okay. to confront um, that friend who won't stop saying these things. You know, like in those spaces, you know, generally racist people who have latent racist things aren't, you know, saying those things in front of black and brown people. They, I mean, they still right. are, but not necessarily. Um, when we talk about the systemic, know know your local um, government. Um, get to know who your reps are. Get to know what laws. Get yeah. to know. You know, when we talk about defunding the police, people are like, "Well, we need police officers." We're not saying abolish. I mean, some people are saying abolish the police. Yeah, I saw that. Uh, defunding, defunding mm-hmm. the police, defunding the police. Um, and listen, when you say abolish the police, and I'll just be straight up honest with you. If you're going to replace it with a better system, and I, this is what I think defunding the police is. So you're taking bloated police salaries, mm-hmm. bloated police salaries. How come we were able to get how – come, how come when protests started, police officers had riot gear, helmets, everything, tear gas ready? But when, the, but when coronavirus hit, we didn't have PPE for any, for any of our doctors. We, had, we didn't have masks. We had, that's 15 bucks as opposed to $500 for all that equipment that, you know, these militarized police officers that's are wearing. That's a good point. So yeah. look, at your, look at your city's budget. Are they allocating tons of money to police officers where they could be, where they could be going to social programs? What, what's, happening, what's happened is, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but what's happened is we see um, something that's wrong. And instead of trying to find out the root cause, we just want to beat it out of existence. And so we get a hammer. And we use a hammer for every, every single thing. And that's the police, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so get to understand what it means to defund the police and learn and learn and learn and learn. I think that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Continue to learn. Mm-hmm. And don't be afraid to learn from everyone. There's this right. concept, I think, amongst Catholics and Christians is like, well, Black Lives Matter, da da da, da so I'm not going to listen to anything that they say. Or this person, da da da, da I'm not going to listen to anything they say. It's like, do you know how unchristian that is? <laughs> do you know how ungospel that is? Right. Like, oh, this person smells of the world, so I won't even, you know, uh, soil myself. Come right. on, get over yourself. That's a big thing. Get over yourself. 
get used to being uncomfortable. My wife said that we did a, I think we did a, I don't, I don't remember. We did like a live something or another. She, she, we, she ended like, get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm sure that's not something that we made up, obviously. <laughs> yeah. But that's, you know, like, it's like, that's true. Sure. Be comfortable mm-hmm. being uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and boldness. And so I would say learning, just, learning is huge. Just learn and be educated. And it doesn't necessarily have to come from your like preferred news cycle. It doesn't have to come from Fox. It doesn't have to come from CNN. Mm-hmm. You can literally just do a Google search about like, hey, what's what's my local city? What's my city? Um, what are they spending money on? You know. Right. Um, and when if you see that it's there's a massive disparity between social programs and law enforcement, you should speak up. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, Donate. Donate to things like Equal Justice Initiative and NAACP and Colors of Change. They're doing great work on the ground mm-hmm. um, and to try to dismantle and as much as they can to dismantle systemic racism. Mm-hmm. Um, white supremacy, for instance, you know, um, is perpetuated also too. like you, you know, when when a white when a black child, when a black girl goes to Target, all they see is probably mostly white dolls. Um, and they'll probably either get a white doll or they'll get the one black doll. I challenge you, mm-hmm. in an all-white family, get some black baby dolls. Why? Because you should. Mm-hmm. Because it needs to be, like, just like just that idea, that idea that whiteness is the standard needs to start to be chipped away. Right. We haven't done that yet. Right. We haven't done that yet. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yes, we can talk about equality, but is it ingrained in us? Mm-hmm. You know, like kids know this to a certain extent. Babies know this. Kids know this. They just kind of see people. Mm-hmm. And it's not about the idea of being colorblind. I'm not trying to create a colorblind society, right. but a society where you can, like, white kids can celebrate blackness. You know, like, and you can do that. Right. You know? Um, so, um, yeah. I hope that made sense. No, yeah, um, it definitely did. And I, I love education that. And, um, is, education those is are really big, helpful. You know, I mean, those are things learning. that it's, it's simple to do. They're not hard. Mm-hmm. There are things that can, yeah. that, you know, like I, there's so many, I mean, yeah, you can get resource overload. There's a ton of resources out there. Sure. What I've been doing is saving them. It's like, I'll read me. Like, there's like probably yeah. like 12 in my, in my saved list right now that I need to go back and read. Yeah. But like yeah. last night I had an hour and I watched like, yeah, Use thirty of that hour to kind of re yeah. re what the things that I was I saved, you know. Absolutely, absolutely, and pace yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, fi- make sure that you're taking care of yourself as well, and pace yourself. And it can be overwhelming, but don't burn out. Mm-hmm. You know, right. don't don't right. don't burn out, um, especially after the rage and the anger and the frustration and the feelings have moved on. It needs to be a dispassionate march towards equality and equity mm-hmm. um equity and that is n- the equity is huge and it's not yeah. it's not based on your feelings it's not mm-hmm. based on um necessarily passion it's just it's, it needs to be just a steady steady march right. and i think what has happened in this country is we've done a lot of facade things you know most people um don't go around saying the n-word or saying racial epitaphs to people um you know, uh, we've got a couple black shows, you know, like there's like facade things, but we yeah. haven't really fixed the systems, yeah. you know, and, and those systems, healthcare, education, 
um, criminal justice. Like we, those, you know, we have to dig politics as well. We have to dig deep um, into those systems um, and start to pick apart and um, representation when it comes to white, white supremacy is huge, you know, within the church, you know, like just because you don't have a predominantly black um, parish doesn't mean you can't have black saints up on your walls, you know, as statues, you know, like, uh, um, it's a little nuts that, (laughs) you know, like they're just kind of maybe marched out every once in a while during, you know, one month, you know, in a year, you know, um, let them be a permanent fixture, right. In your, in your white spaces, blackness aside from your entertainment, Mm -hmm. um, and you're taking from, mm-hmm. which is a whole other thing. Um, you know, let them be in places of prominence. Right. Um, um, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. No, that's great. Um, I appreciate everything you've said today. It's huge, and I think it's important for, like you said, to, to, to keep listening. Um, and yeah. hopefully when you see this uh you started listening to the podcast that you've made it all the way through that you didn't get angry and stop at some point because yeah, we, before yeah, we yeah. started recording i told ike let's make this as uncomfortable as it needs to be <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um, not mm-hmm. intentionally like to make people uh but to call it out you know to to make it not yeah. all butterflies and perfect and all you know mm-hmm. cutesy mm-hmm. and like oh yeah like mm-hmm. like you said hug a cop and it's good like we're trying to yeah. continue to have traction and move forward you know um yeah yeah and so what is uh, uh well, last thing i like to ask people um what is your message yeah. to to those uh to your black brothers and sisters out there that who might be listening uh, what is your message to them and how to keep on their hopes up, their hopes up and and in this time uh, you, you know, you are beautiful, you are valued, um, you are welcome, you are loved, you are celebrated. Um, take care of yourself. <laughs> take care of yourself. Breathe. Take a break. Take a bath. Um, and uh, and um, don't rem- remember that you are your child of God, you know, mm-hmm. and um if you haven't felt that, uh, um, if that hasn't been communicated maybe by your faith experience, um, I'm with you and I get it. Take a moment and breathe and know that that is truth and that's reality. Praise. Praise God. And um, last thing I usually like to ask people who will come on the show is to share some um, share some Instagram accounts, but it doesn't have to be. Um, you can share people who like maybe talks that you want uh, people to listen to. Sure. Um, resources to read. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, um, I would say, gosh, that's um that's a good one because there's some people. There is a. Uh, is a black woman. Um, she's a mental health advocate. She's Catholic, and her name is Chanel. Um, Chanel Shaw. Her Instagram hand. Uh, it's uh, her. Her last name's not here, but it's um, Chanel underscore K is her Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school with her. So, uh, oh great, yeah. really? Yeah, I think nice. she. I think if I'm if you're thinking about who I'm thinking about, we went to. Uh, she went to Ave with me uh, for one year. Okay, she graduated. Okay, great. Um, another person, um, Patricia A. Taylor, Patricia A. Taylor, and under, it's Patricia underscore A underscore Taylor, and then Austin Channing Brown, 
Uh, it's just Austin Austin Channing. Yeah, she's um she she wrote um a book called I'm Still Here and it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, Ibram X Kendi, and uh, yeah, that I think I think that's it. Those are great. Um, yeah. Let me see. I will put those all those uh shout outs there are going to be linked in the description below. Their, their right. handles and um, if they're not clickable you can just type their names in to yeah. Instagram and you'll be able to find them great great thanks Ike for coming in and sharing awesome, um, sharing what you shared with us today and I think it's really good for yeah. for everybody to hear um, for those who um, yeah. might not have heard this yet you know um, sure. so I appreciate sure. the good work that you're doing please 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 continue thanks man I know that you have my support you know you have the support of many other people that I know that we've been talking about um, and Thank we're you. praying for change and we're going to continue to work and continue that traction and, and going forward um, if they want right to follow you they can follow you at Ikendolo right yep yeah uh, that's my handle everywhere everywhere on YouTube too and uh, YouTube um, yep all the places Spotify yeah you, if you if you Spotify, don't know how to spell it just yeah. look at the ni- a title as I-K-E <laughs> and then N-D-O-L-O yep cool uh, if you want to follow Living Ardently it's at Living Ardently um, follow my personal account it's only Adrian if you're listening to the podcast and you want to watch the the video portion of it it is available on YouTube you can go like and subscribe there uh, under Living Ardently Podcast and uh, yeah we're everywhere else email us do all that good stuff email um, livingardentlypod at gmail.com and uh, yeah everything you need to know is in the description below appreciate you guys listening thank you again um, and let's move forward y'all let's keep going uh, let's keep our gas our foot on the pedal and keep going forward thanks again Ike God bless and yeah. uh, until next time keep living yeah. ardently peace peace